irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, welcome to the show. We hope you're all healthy and safe. A couple things before we start. My stand-up special, Keith Razor, Make It Happen, is now out. You could buy it everywhere. It's also on Spotify. Uh, You could buy it on iTunes for $10. On Mad Records. Did you listen to it, Alan Lee? Did you watch it? I have listened to it, and I'm familiar with it, and I think it's very good. Ah, because last week you said it was terrible. Uh, Let me play the clip. Okay, go ahead and play it right now so they can hear me say that, Uh, which I don't recall saying, but if you have... It was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 come on, come on. I I, I liked it, and uh, I would have changed a few things. Like, I... First three jokes, I would have rewritten those for you. Uh, but in the last three, and about four in the middle, uh, need to be rewritten next time you, you do a special. Okay. Well, Other than that, it was great. There goes from uh, that's uh, <laughs> from my best friend who's starting to become my manager. Uh, anyways, you could also book me on Cameo. I'm on Cameo. That is fantastic. Yeah. That is fantastic. www.cameo.com slash Keith Reza, R-E-Z-A. That's right. You book me, I'll give you a shout-out. No filter. That's right. I'll say whatever you want. If you want to ask your girlfriend out, Mm -hmm. I'll ask her out. If you want to break up with your girlfriend, I'll break up with your girlfriend. Well, I I think you're on your way. Yeah. If Uh, you want me to tell your boss to F off, I will tell him that. Sure. Okay. He might get fired. But it'll be the best fifteen dollars you ever spent. Oh my god, you're <laughs> unbelievable! I'm also on celebrity uh, voicemail, which is the same thing as cameo, <laughs> just slightly more expensive. Oh my! And now, Alan, what's going on with you? Well, you know, I might uh, be doing a little traveling uh, back uh, to see uh, my family in New York, and I don't know, I know because see, with this Corona though. Which I, I think is, is going to be ending, so fuck it, you know. Yeah. But I don't, New York is, you know, that's right. the worst place. Yeah. It's the worst place in the entire country. It's there. Uh, we should tell the folks to, su- to subscribe, brain review to the show. Our guest yeah. might be calling any minute, so we should introduce him in case he calls in right now. Uh, he's from uh, Comedy Central's The Roast Battle. He has a couple movies that he's done called I Lived and The Bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been on HBO's Crashing. That's right. Uh, he's done podcast interviews. He has his own podcast called he Jeremiah Wonders. Jer- that's right. That's the great right. Jeremiah Watkins is going to be calling in. And we uh, are looking forward to it. Yeah. So if he, when he calls in, we've already given him that in- sweet intro. You were saying about New York. No, no. I, I may be going there uh, during the summer and... Uh, I uh, I'm looking forward to it, but the Corona, the thing there, it's, it's it's like bad out there. Oh, it's terrible, and you know they have the curfews, and they, it's just you know we don't we don't realize how lucky we are here mm-hmm. to uh, you know we came over, we run it, we you know we didn't even quite frankly you don't have a mask on. Neither do you. No, ne- that's right. That's right. I don't it's think, no longer a law to wear a mask. I don't think you can do that in New York. Oh, really? You that's have right. to have. Oh no, yeah. no you got to have a mask. The law in California is now. Uh, when you go out into essential places like hospitals yeah. and grocery stores yeah. and restaurants, yeah. you have to wear a mask. But to walk around, yeah. you do not have to wear a mask. That's great. And that's the way you should be. Yeah. And But some bars I think, have I think, opened. I mean, there. I'm not wearing a mask right now. I feel guilty for it. But I think we should still wear a mask. Uh, because I, it's, not protect, it's not about protecting guys like you and me. It's about protecting random folks. You know, the opening bars in La Jolla, so that means the comedy clubs will will be eventually opening much earlier than we thought. I and hope they're just so. going to have people, you know, like the original room where Jeremy works, you know, it's, you can just... Jeremy? Jeremiah. I mean, Jeremiah. <laughs> I was thinking... <laughs> when I first met I thought, Jeremiah, I, mean, I, thinking, I thought I his thinking, name was Jeremy, too. No, no, I was thinking of your, your other guests. <laughs> Hot? No. no uh, more like, you know. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that other Jeremy. Well, that's, we're not talking, we should talk about that. That's The other, I only know two Jeremy. Yeah, never mind. Oh, Jeremy Piven? Yes. Uh. Yes. 
<laughs> Jerry Piven. That's funny. That's funny. You should. That's so. <laughs> Jeremy Piven. You know what's weird about uh, Jeremy Piven yeah. is the guy said he'll yeah. he'll do the show, <laughs> and then he just blows us off yeah. every time we yeah. ask him. He's I like, know, yeah. that was, that was like, terrible. After my set, bro, we'll talk, and then yeah. he disappears. Yeah. It's kind of like getting Dennis Rodman, man. He just uh, no, that's not he. Well, that's Dennis. Yeah. Have you contacted Dennis Rodman? I mean, I mean, I texted him once, but mm. you know. Well, who knows? We'll give it some time. How long? How long set? It was a while ago. Well, yeah. Well, that's so that's showbiz, man. You know, we've had people that uh, popped in suddenly, and it took a while. Yeah. Whoa. Hey, that girl's hot. She's outside. I don't know who that is. You just missed her. Oh, I'm sorry. I my, my the, the part about being in a studio is when people like, uh, like they wave through the mm-hmm. windows. You know what I mean? Oh, but that's how it is here. They're that's very friendly. Is. Very. This friendly. is LA Radio. You know, LA LA Talk Radio and Radio in uh, Sherman Oaks, California. Sherman Oaks. And uh, we have a great producer, Sam Hassan. Um, Is that his last name? I think it's H-A-S-S-A-N. Hey, Jeremiah. How are you, buddy? Hello. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Jeremiah Watkins. We just got done introducing you, man. How are you, man? Fantastic. How are you, buddy? Doing good. Uh, you know the great Alan Lee. Mm-hmm. He's the trusty sidekick mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah. So that's right. He's just here to laugh at my jokes. What's up, right. Alan? How are you, Jer- see, Jeremiah? This is a good guy, Jeremiah. You see that? Yeah. How are you, Jeremiah? I know him. He, he's spoken to me at the comedy store more than once. You've spoken to him at the comedy <laughs> store more than once? <laughs> and uh, he's a good guy. I've seen him. In the original room, he hosts. I, I, watched, I always watched him hosting. I learned a lot. Jeremiah, one of the things I really love about you is you donated to my stand-up special, so you will always have my love until the day wow. I die. Wow. Oh, well, you know, try, <laughs> try to help out when I can, buddy. <laughs> uh, I was watching your cameos, man. I think you're the oh, funniest did. guy on, on Cameo. Yeah, How long have you been on Cameo? Oh, like, uh... uh I guess I've been on it for a few months, but I've more recently started doing my characters and stuff like that on there because mm-hmm. uh, people kind of enjoy that rather than just getting like a a general message from a random <laughs> dude like myself. <laughs> um, it's sometimes a little bit more fun, you know. It was great. Uh, have different characters that they may have seen me do or an impression or something like that. Yeah. Uh I actually just got on Cameo, and I don't know how to work it. How long did it take you to get the groove onto it? On it? Not a deal. <laughs> I, uh, uh, it I guess that. It, it's, 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 it's rather user-friendly, though, so it's, it's not too bad. Huh. Are, you, are you with your wife right now? I just walked by my wife. It's so funny that you heard that. <laughs> I just walked by my wife, and she said that she was that that she was on a Zoom, and I tried to motion to her that I'm doing a podcast as well right now. Oh, is your wife in the in the in the comedy industry too? Uh, she's adjacent to it in the way that um, she's a nonprofit called Zip Zaps Up in Richmond, where she teaches kids in the. Oh, nice. Autism spectrum uh, improv to help with their social skills. Oh, oh that she uses uh, improv to help with uh, social and mental development. And she, nice. Uh, she has written a book uh, called the the Brain Playground that she put out recently that she co-wrote. And uh, yeah, so, so I always say that she's kind of adjacent to the business. Business. I ended up going in the route of uh, you know telling dumb jokes on stage, and she's using it to. Uh, change the world so you know we we chose our own path that's pretty yeah. adjacent yeah i mean that sounds something that's nice. like i would probably use because i have uh, asperger syndrome so when i was very young i was very non-social and stuff so zip zap zoom i took improv classes and they played that game so that really helped me yeah that uh, she's gotten she's seen a lot of growth like with um kids who um or even nonverbal that she uh, uh, that she teaches uh, and she sees a lot of growth and and uh, and development uh, there where they start making more eye contact mm-hmm. or or even sometimes start uh, speaking a little bit more uh, to That's their nice. parents or family members or 
for friends. So it's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. You know who else has uh, autism is uh, Josh Meyerowitz. Oh, that's yeah, that's right. He, he's part of the wave, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how how do yeah, you get? My, my wife is actually uh, she's she's good friends with uh, with, with Josh, and they'll go out to lunch occasionally together. Oh, that's awesome. So how did you get involved in the wave at the comedy store? Um, it was one of those things where before I um, was involved with it, it was literally a um, uh, a section of the room that was almost a parody of like a Death Jam kind of thing hmm. where um, when comics would tell jokes uh, as like led by Jamar neighbors and, and company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would just kind of run up on stage and be like, Oh, you know, <laughs> a death jam parody in that, in that way. And, and one, and one day, uh, one night, um, they were down a couple of guys and Jack Knight and Jamar neighbors. Uh, they asked me if I would fill in and I was, uh, the white guy in the group. And, uh, it just kind of clicked and worked that night. And then it became, became and grew into something uh, uh, even bigger than uh, the stuff that, that we originally were doing, where you know we started dressing up and doing little little sketches and act outs and vignettes and stuff like that, and it kind of organically grew into something uh, a little bit bigger. So it's cool. Nice. Whenever I do the roast battle, I don't do it very much because I I don't uh, like it. You know, I don't like being mean to people and vice versa. But whenever I did it, you were you were there for the whole time. Like how, mm-hmm. like I'm the type of person where if I'm watching a show the whole time, I want to go up and do jokes. I, you know, how is that with your mindset? Or, you know, committing to the wave. You know what I mean? Uh, well, it, it's something that's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm used to doing improv and sketch, so you don't really, you have to kind of change your mindset a little bit when you do a show like that. It's more about the ensemble and more about the show than rather you getting off your own jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the wave is just kind of, hi- is they're just kind of heightening the jokes mm-hmm. that other comedians are doing, whether they be good or bad. And it's mm-hmm. just kind of putting an exclamation point mm-hmm. and emphasizing uh, it that way. So, yeah. Uh, what was, before this, uh, scary uh covid19 virus do you remember your last actual gig you did uh yeah i uh my last my last gig i headlined the uh the rec room in huntington beach oh oh i i co-booked that club what's that i said i co-booked that club with uh kenny uh weber and hunter hill and uh that's awesome, man. Hey, I love Kenny. Kenny's been really good to me and Hunter as well. Uh, I've like headlined there a handful of times over the last couple of years, and uh, yeah, I love that club. Yeah, it's very intimate and small, and uh, I think that that's a perfect club. It's also in the middle of nowhere; like no one can find it. <laughs> True. It's like by a mall. That's it, uh, it's great. Oh, yeah, every yeah. time I've, uh, I've headlined shows there, they're uh, super fun. It's cool. So that was your uh, last, yeah, that last was, that year was my show. Last gig. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we uh, uh I had um uh Joel Jimenez and William Montgomery with me and uh my buddies uh Gage T Arena uh helps me produce my podcast, uh Jeremiah Wonders. He uh, opened as well as uh, CJ Landry so it was a bunch of bunch of comics kinda on the bill and then I closed it out with an hour and it was uh it was fun. Uh, it was really good. Like there's a decent turnout and it was kinda like we were joking about what was you know to potentially come and then everything just shut down yeah uh right after that um i headlined on a saturday and everything was closed on uh sunday like the following sunday or monday yeah now when you when you performed that like obviously because i remember my my last set that i did only because i haven't done stand-up in almost three months now do you did you feel that it was going to get this bad? Um, no, I don't think any of it's, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where as fam comedians, I think we kind of have a little bit of a teenager syndrome uh, where <laughs> we all kind of think that our profession is a little bit bulletproof. We're like, yeah, nothing's going to happen to stand up. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, this stuff hit. And then it was one of the first things to actually 
go completely. I mean, barring, you know, there's, there's comedians out there who are doing the zoom shows and stuff like that. But, uh, as far as like the touring and all that stuff, that stuff went away for, for months and, you know, it's, it's slowly going to come back over time, but it's going to be a long time before it gets back to truly normal where, you know, there's shows at comedy clubs that are completely sold out and Mm -hmm. we're back to feeling comfortable and the audience feeling comfortable how it used to be it's going to be a little bit and like i mean how does that affect your mindset because for the past two or three years you've been uh, headlining you know clubs getting you know six shows weekends compared to just one nighters you know what i mean so that must really take a big cut out of you you know what i mean Yeah, it's one of those things. It's uh, it's a little daunting to to kind of think of it that way. But I, you know, I've been trying to stay positive and just take this week to week and uh, trying to be creative in other ways and and think of other ways for long term to uh, put out content. And uh, I got some stuff in the works uh, that'll um, hopefully be uh, good avenues um, that I'm kind of think of in different ways uh, for down the road and. Uh, yeah, it's all you can really do is, is you know, if, if one, if you're, if you can't be creative in one way, think of other ways to be creative in a different medium. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my mindset. Uh, and during this quarantine time and moving forward. How, how many sketches are you, are you filming right now? Like, are you doing one a day, two a day? Not so much like that. I've been writing a lot of music and stuff like that. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm always trying to think of new impressions to do and new uh, original characters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, and when when I, when I feel good about one, that's when I will film a sketch uh, uh, and do that kind of thing. We had a character where we were talking about that uh, uh, Jeremiah knows, uh, and that was a wrestler, Snake Evans. Remember, and he was at Snake the, Evans. Uh, Snake. Is it you help me out on this? I think Alan he has had, dem- uh, no, what's no, that disease no, he, where he you forget was, stuff? Uh, dementia. Yeah. He was he was uh, our guest. Jake the Snake. Jake the oh. Snake. I actually worked with someone who whose name was Snake Evans, and I, I just jumped to my head. I had a coworker named Snake Evans. No, Jake the Snake. Uh, for the folks at home, Jeremiah was in a movie called The Bet with Jake the Snake Roberts. What was that like? <laughs> um, dude, I mean, it was, little it was, pause there. It was, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, I mean, you know, in between in between takes, uh, we did a scene where we were on a softball field, and I was playing catch with uh, Jake the Snake in between takes, uh, which is you know that's a that's a really weird random uh, life experience that, that I have now. But he was super nice. Um, Wasn't he? He didn't like my. Uh, he didn't like my super short shorts that I was wearing for uh, uh, the, the the scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man, that's some that's some gay shit that you got. Right there. Why are you wearing shorts? So God, short? that's a great impression. Oh, man. Uh, uh, oh my God. I uh, I interviewed him and man, but, he he wanted to he wanted to hit me, man. Like I was never scared for more of my life. If I was like, oh God. So Alan took over that interview. Well, what? What were you asking that was causing to rile him up so much? The topic was his dad's relationship with his father. So here's what happened. So his publicist messaged the producer of the show and said, whatever you do, don't talk about his dad. The publicist, uh, the producer never told me that. Like, I swear to God, she never told me that. So I had great dad questions because I have daddy issues too. (laughs) And, oh, my God, the second I mentioned that, he, I would, like, I was like, I was literally scared of my life. Like, it was pretty bad, Jeremiah. Like, <laughs> I like I don't know when I offend people with my Asperger's, but I knew for a fact I offended him because his face was really red, like, and his hand was on a knuckle, and I was like, holy fuck, I got to get out of this room. <laughs> oh. Oh, because in person too. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I w- it's like I wish it was a phoner because then I could be like, oh, let me just accidentally hang up. <laughs> we were in the green room in that tiny little 
green room and the rec room. So it was we at the rec room, yeah. Now you there you go. See, you had a little dementia there. <laughs> Jeremiah. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's an intimate uh, green room. Isn't it? <laughs> Have you ever uh, accidentally offended somebody like that where, like, you're just scared out of your life? Uh, I've offended people, but not to the point where they want to necessarily hit me. I mean, I've had some weird heckler experiences and weird and weird stand-up experiences where um, people have gotten a little bit physical. Um, really? Times now. I, there's one time, I, yeah, there's one time I killed Tony where I was going back and forth with one guy and he started pushing me on stage and Big Joe oh Ogerson had to separate us and uh, security hopped on and escorted the guy out and then there's another time where that dude it was on mushrooms, uh, so it was just like a weird. It was a, that was a very weird show. Um, wow! Wow! And then there was one time where a green beret, uh, um, he nut tapped me when we were going back and forth. Um, he started heckling out of nowhere, and he didn't like that I had kind of retorts for basically everything that he said that were kind of making him look kind of silly. Right. And uh, he ended up nut tapping me real hard, and uh, wow. and that was uh, one of those things where. Obviously, the security had to escort that guy out after he got physical with me. Wow. But yeah, I've had some weird times where people—I think their brain kind of shuts down because they feel like they don't have anything else to offer mentally to the challenge, so they go physical. You know what I mean? They're right. like, "Oh, well, this guy stumped me on the mental <laughs> route. Well, now, now I got to throw some hands." Have you uh, have you ever lost like a battle of wits with a heckler before? Probably, um, it's 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 more rare. I think that every once in a while, there's sometimes super negative people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one time in Chicago, Ooh. I was doing a show where this lady. I, sometimes you can't win with a heckler, and sometimes you just have to move on. Sometimes they're just a negative energy. That's true. And I didn't feel like going the route of, of a show where. Like, uh, I was almost closing, and this lady was heckling, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, she's like, I'm like, what do you do for work? She's like, I heckle. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, those kind of people, you know, they're just trying to be a negative void in a show, and sometimes you just got to ignore them and move on. And, you know, you can't always shut down people, like, where it's like the heckler, you know, gets owned by a comedian. You know, people love those clips and stuff like that. But you can't always do that for the good of your show. Sometimes you got to dismiss it and, right. and move it along. But there's definitely been some times where some hecklers have, you know, spat some crap at me where I'm like, eh, okay, you got me. Let's move on kind of thing. Like, it's, it's almost not True. worth it to give them more attention. I agree. See, if someone would have said that to me, like, what do you do for work? I heckle. I would have been like, well, you're not getting any percentage of my paycheck this week. <laughs> I was waiting for that. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but no, I don't know. But like, I'm just, uh, I don't know. But like the thing that I notice is like, you got to say the first thing that comes to your head, because if you wait too long, that doesn't seem like it's real. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, drugs, you were saying that uh, someone almost hit you and they were on mushrooms. Have you ever uh, experienced with drugs like mushrooms? Because they're usually very peaceful people, right? Yeah, I guess he was drunk and he had uh, (laughs) uh, he he said he, he was taking mushrooms on stage, so it was probably more so the alcohol, but like you never I don't know. I don't know what kind of mixture that does, alcohol and <laughs> and mushrooms. But he kept saying that he was on mushrooms. I was like, Okay, right. <laughs> He might have meant meth. Uh I I don't I mean, I'm completely sober. I don't I don't uh I don't drink and I don't do drugs, so no, I have not uh experimented with uh mushrooms uh-huh. myself. Neither have I. I've just experienced with them on my pizza. Hey. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 
Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Alan had a question uh, for you about uh, your Joe Rogan expression. Oh, no, I, I, I thought that was hilarious. Because uh, when he came out uh, uh, on uh, uh, in the belly room there, um, and you entered, you know, and you're thinner with the tattoos, and they started, you know, talking about that. I thought it was an amazing impression because you captured him with your own physicality. And uh, I thought it was great. So what's your question? Well, I just <laughs> I just said I just said that, you know, his physicality, you know, did he just gee, you know, the basic things where you follow the the uh the you know, the, the basic physicality of Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And I thought that he imposed his body in the same way, which is a, I thought it was very good, you know. Did he just do it that way, you know, just cue off of the physicality of Joe. You want me to repeat? Yeah, I mean that impression. So that uh, that impression for the listeners who don't know uh, where that is is from. It's from the five year anniversary of Kill Tony. Was we're in like mm-hmm. a sold out comedy store main room, and uh, yeah, I did my impression of Joe Rogan for Joe Rogan that night, and I've known Joe a long time, and. Uh, we have a good relationship, so I, I'm still a little bit nervous to do the impression oh, regardless of that going into it, because uh, he's done my, my show a bunch over the years, stand-up on the spot, but you never know how people are going to react when you do an impression of them. And also, if the impression is even off in the slightest regard in oh, a way boy. that they don't like it, they can always call it out, which that calls a screeching halt. Like, like it, you know, easily they can be like, I don't do that, or they can play with it and, and lean into it. Luckily, he he uh, he liked the impression enough where he went along with it. Uh, and it was, um, yeah, it was it was a it was definitely a a fun career highlight. I love. I've had a handful of those experiences where I get to do to do the impression for the person or uh, for somebody who they personally know. Like I did uh, my Jeff Foxworthy impression for. Or Ron White, and that was like an amazing experience as well because it just was a heightened scenario when they the person was actually in the room. Oh, that's gutsy. I mean, you know, and you're right. They see it nuanced right in front of them. Does that does that kind of scare you to a point as an artist if you're doing an impression like of that person because you're like, oh my god, what if they don't like it and they think that I'm offending them besides joking? Like, how does your mindset work with that? You got you, you. I mean, for me, it's a big risk, but it's also a big reward. So mm-hmm. yeah. you kind of got to block that out while you're doing it, and hope that you're doing it right, and that you kind of did your research leading up to it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it becomes a mess, a messy situation real quick. I I only could do two impressions, and uh, you know, uh, one I could do an impression of Norm Macdonald, but only because like I toured with him for like seven years, so I know his mannerisms. And I could do an impression of Patrick Warburton, but only because he's my uncle. So I don't have that fear of offending them. You know what I mean? What? Yeah. Your uncle is Patrick Warburton? Yeah. The, the poison. The poison made. Warburton per- because I have because I have a Patrick Warburton, and I'd love to hear your you being his his nephew. Okay, and then you you got you got to do yours then. Okay, that uh, sounds like a plan. And then Alan will do his. Sure, so we'll have I, a I, <laughs> we'll have an impression. Uh, okay, okay. So the poison, the poison made for Cusco. Cusco's poison to kill Cusco. That poison got you covered. Very good. What do you got, Jeremiah? Okay, Keith. Here's my Patrick Warburton. It's great to be here on Resurrect today with you. Good to reconnect with my nephew. I haven't talked to you in a long time. So I figured I would call in the show and see how my old nephew's doing. I mean, he hasn't sent me what he wants for Christmas this year. I figured I could get him a new PlayStation. That was I. That was excellent, man. Very good. Uh, what about you, Alan? What do you got? Well, Keith, where's my golf cl- my golf club? You said you were going to caddy. 
And uh, clearly, Alan doesn't know how to do I don't impressions. know. I don't know this man. <laughs> I don't know this man. Listen, I just got to tell you, that's an atrocious me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremiah, uh, Pat does a. Uh, a golf. I don't know if you like golf, but he does a golf tournament every year for uh, St. Jude's. And next year, if you want to go with me and you know hit a couple rounds, we'll, we could do it, man. Let's do it. Yeah, we could. Uh, we could talk to Pat and uh, Tommy Chung. That's always a. That's always a pleasure. You have a Tommy Chung impression. Uh, Tommy Chung is just more of just. <laughs> It's just kind of a generic, just more of a, I don't know, it's just kind of a stoner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't, I, I can work on it and, and make it better, but like, it's just kind of like a generic, like, oh, sure thing, man. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's, that sounds like it. <laughs> it you, you, here's a little inside secret about Tommy Chung is he secretly hates, uh, what's his sidekick's name? Screech? Screech? Cheech. Cheech. Mighty. Yeah, he hates Cheech. Hates him Cheech. with... Yeah. Uh, I know this because a couple years ago, I was I was, I was uh, driving his golf court because I he was the celebrity I had to protect, you know, when I volunteered for those things. And uh, we we drove right past mm-hmm. Cheech. And Tommy Chong's like, just hit his fucking car. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, and he's just... Yeah. Exactly. The dogs were barking at me, too. <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that your dog? Tommy Chong's dogs. He heard, he, he heard the name Cheech and uh, you know, <laughs> went crazy. Is that your dog? That, no, it's not my dog. I'm walking around uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, uh, when you said... When you said that uh, we're going to do a phone, or I was like, oh, I'm going to get out of the house. I'm not going to pace around my house. For, I appreciate the for director. Why not, why, not, why not get some fresh air, you know? Yeah. I appreciate the director just threw that at me. He's like, oh, we have another, we have a different, because I guess I didn't know that there's different studios, you know, so that was my bad. But I, I literally just found out, like, Zooming would have been more fun because then you could see uh, my bad expressions of Alan Lee. <laughs> so all good we're making it happen man <laughs> so you're from kansas city too and the chiefs won right are you are you excited for that oh dude it was so cool like my my mom was like crying with with joy when it happened like because it's, it's it wasn't just a big deal for you know any fan, you know, fans of, of, of the team, obviously, it's just like a big deal for the city in general, mm-hmm. like just to make them feel like winners again. And it sounds silly, but it's one of those things where, you know, if, if you live in a city that has a sports team that is notorious for losing and choking during the playoffs, like the Chiefs were like for years and years, they had great teams, but they kept choking during the playoffs and, and they weren't even making it anywhere close to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, everybody was super excited, and uh, I watched it live, obviously, and I called home immediately, and everybody was freaking out there. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely uh, very uh, <laughs> very exciting. And, that, and, and that's kind of hard to believe that that was just earlier this year because this year has been so tumultuous. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like that that was, like, such an important thing, you know? And then now it's like we don't even know when live sports are going to return. So it's yeah. such a, a weird flip of the coin yeah. it being in the same year. Well, they did say that football will return regardless. They they announced that, and the commissioner said, like, even if there will be no fans, which I don't get because how are you going to pay the players? Isn't, isn't the money from the fans, like, going to the games, paying the players? Yeah, I mean, the advertising – uh, and all that stuff, like uh, they'll have to shift some funds around, I'm sure, because that's a that's got to be a huge percentage of, uh, you know, like with the stadium ticket sales and concessions and all that stuff. Like you got to think that that helps 
be part of the payroll for these players, but who knows? Yeah. I'm not entirely sure how it works, to be honest. So as a Chiefs fan, uh, I got to ask you something. Uh, do you like Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, dude. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Chiefs fan <laughs> to the extent of, of like I am, I am a supporter, a hundred percent, and I have been for years of the Royals and the Chiefs. Yeah. But dude, when you start talking shop with me, that's when I bow out and I let people know, like, hey man, I am a fan, definitely to a point. And if you want to call me a fair weather fan, that is a hundred percent fine. But I do not follow football on a weekly basis. <laughs> so, well. The the big story about that was because Fitzpatrick plays for the Dolphins and he beat the Patriots like with 30 seconds left and all the Chief fans sent him a whole bunch of stakes because they didn't want to play the Patriots. So oh. in a way, he kind of won the Super Bowl for you guys. Interesting. I had no idea. Uh, uh. Okay, that is an interesting fact that I definitely did not know about. <laughs> So next time, you know, just be like, yeah, I love the guy. I sent him a steak. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Andy Reid and I are friends with that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, Jeremiah, I wanted to uh, ask you a question because you were in a movie called uh, I Lived, which was your first starring role. How, what was that like? Like to be yes, a sir. What was that like to be like a young comic and getting your your first top build movie? You know what I mean? I mean, dude, it was an incredible experience. It was an indie movie that, uh, you know, very few people saw. Um, I'm really proud of the work that I did in the film. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's really important as a comic to not get ahead of yourself uh, or as an actor or any any career position because. Dude, I, you know, that was, that came out around 2014, 15. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was going to be like the thing, you know, that like took me to like another level. Right. And uh, it ended up not being at all. Like, it's one of those things where I literally can use it for like real footage. And it's cool to have on my resume, but it's one of those things where it didn't like, it wasn't a career changer. Like I thought, you know, like, like you think certain things are going to be, but as far as like the work that was put into it, we filmed that entire movie, uh, in like two and a half weeks, which is like insane. We were pulling like 12 to 14 hour days. because it was a low budget film. And, uh, you know, the director and the producers were calling favors to friends around, uh, LA for locations and different stuff like that. So, mm -hmm it made it feel like a little bit more of a high budget film, but it was one of those things where it's like a non-union film. And, uh, you know, I'm just getting like kind of like a, like a day rate <laughs> every day. So it's one of those things where it was basically how I look at it. It's like, it was like, a, it was almost like a film school or like an acting school, like packed in to that movie for me because there was so much going on in such a short amount of time. It really challenged me as an actor and a performer, just down to just memorization of lines, even because I was having to do, we were doing like sometimes five to seven pages of dialogue a day. And, wow. and I was in every scene in that movie. So it was, it was an amazing experience for me to become better as a performer and really challenge myself and, and kind of where I'm at and know, uh, where to improve and, and, and where I, you know, want to be in the future. Well, it, it's a shame that that movie never really did anything because I looked at the trailer and the premise. It had a great premise and like the trailer, your, your, your acting was really good in it. Like, and I've, I haven't seen the movie. I saw the trailer, but you could tell a lot of, about an actor's range sometimes from a trailer. I basically, basically I'm giving yeah, you a compliment. Um, it was it was on Hulu for a couple of years, which is cool because that's where a bunch of people saw it when it was released, like past the video on demand phase. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so every once in a while, every once in a while, there will be a show that I do, and somebody will be like, "I loved I Lived." And I'm like, "You saw that movie? That's amazing!" <laughs> like I'm so stoked that they actually watched it. You know? Yeah. 
pretty cool. Well, Alan, you got any final questions for Jeremiah? No, I uh, I think uh, the way he answered this last question about the uh, compression of all that he learned uh, in that those long days, uh, very few people will ever admit to that that this that the amount of work put in a project like that uh, becomes just this compressed learning curve. And uh, I thank him for saying that. I haven't heard that said very often. Uh, I have a final question for you, Jeremiah. Alan, uh, you studied improv from uh, Second City, right? Well, some people from there, yes. No, not yep, you, yep. Jeremiah. Oh, I thought you were asking me. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy is delusional, I swear. Uh, what's that? Where do you forget? You said, you said it early. Dementia. Dementia. Dementia, yeah. yeah. And uh, so... Jeremiah studied from Second City. He studied improv from the Ice House. No, but the the instructor was from Second City, trained there. Okay, so Jeremiah, what what's a quick improv game to see uh, Alan's skills at improv, and like like how how would you rate him? Oh yikes, man! <laughs> you're you're, 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 you're going to make Jeremiah test me. Exactly. Because you just nailed that Patrick Warburton. I, I, well, I put a, I put a lot of effort in that. I compressed that just like, uh, you know, Jeremiah did in the film, and I did a lot in those few seconds. It's hard. Yes, you're, if anything, my my performance and I lived is exactly as good as Alan Patrick Warburton. That's the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, Jeremiah, what, what, what a what a ringing what a ring. A ringing endorsement for my acting. <laughs> hey, you said it. I actually thought you were brilliant in the trailer. But um, Jeremiah, uh, oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I love you very much, and I know times are tough right now, not just for you, but for all artists with the COVID and the protesting and all that stuff. But I just, I just want you to know. I hope you stay safe, and I hope you have a great day, pal. Ditto's. You guys as well. Love you guys. Have a great day and uh, stay safe and uh, support the positive movements that are going on right now. All right. Let's do a show together when this is all over, man, and we'll get coffee. All right. Sounds good. All right, Thank you, Jeremiah. Have a good day, guys. All right, guys. That was Jeremiah Watkins. That was Jeremiah Watkins. Uh, You guys can follow him. You guys got to book him on Cameo. Like right now, I want all listeners to go to www.cameo.com slash Jeremiah Watkins and book him. Uh, it's the funniest stuff. It's amazing. And, you know, the, he has a podcast. You already mentioned Oh, yeah. That. The Jer- Jeremiah Wonders. You guys got to subscribe, rate, and review on that, too. But I'm so impressed by Jeremiah's cameo. Like, uh, I like the one where he's Professor Snape. I thought they were wonderful. It was like Saturday Night Live. You know, it was just, I, I, it was amazing because I had not even paid any attention to Cameo. No. And, uh, oh, I should have asked him how do I get more Cameo requests because I just got it. on Cameo. That's right. Like, that's right. Two Different. days ago. Congratulations. And I've only gotten one request and I did it. And I don't mm-hmm. think they were like proud because they didn't tip me. Well, that's the part that I didn't understand. After they get you, right. they can offer to like tip you. Right. If, yeah, it's like Uber. It's a double, a double like. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. It's a double like like that. So, all right, guys. Well, if you guys like this episode, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, all that jazz. Yeah, right? Yes. And, You're uh, very big we, at that. You want yeah. people to like it. Definitely. Please like it on YouTube, uh, everywhere. And, uh, you know... Uh, I, I will say, even with this one t- uh, today, mm-hmm. every single comic gives, I don't know, this bit of, of knowledge, the inside stuff of comedy, I, I, you know, on this podcast, and on others, on others. But I still feel that they're so giving, and they uh, drop these comedy secrets, even. I, mean, yeah. I, I said, what? What are you, you know, you're telling we us that? We should change the name to Comedy Secrets. Yeah, no, yeah well. <laughs> like, Honestly. You know that we might that, get that, more that that would be because, interesting because a lot of people yeah, like yeah. not to shit on the rifters yeah but a lot of people think this is a Persian podcast because of Reza right Do, well some people might some people might. a lot of people I don't know if you know this but we're huge in Iran 
huge. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm actually dead serious. And no, I'm glad to hear that. I didn't know a that. lot of people because of my last name, yeah. they think I'm Persian when I'm not. So when they go to like YouTube, Reza, the like Reza yeah. for the listeners at home, I should probably explain this, but Reza is one, it's my stepdad's name. Yes, I know. And my yeah. stepdad is Hispanic. So that is the Reza on my family tree. But it's not my fault. Everyone in Iran likes us. Or and subscribes, right? I didn't know it was an Iran. Ah, I think it's a great, it's a great uh, thing that happened. Nice, you know, it's a windfall. Uh, it's a Hollywood secret. But I thought you mentioned once, and, and you know, you tell me because uh, I may not remember this correctly. But like, I'm not saying I'm R huge like Maz Jabroni. What I'm saying, R E Z A. R E Z A. You told somebody this. Yeah, it's a Persian last name, but yeah. it's also a Hispanic. It's also name. it's also Hispanic. Yeah, that I, turned... I think a lot of Hispanics don't know that. Uh, what, you know that, what? That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think they do. No, because yeah. whenever I get booked on Latino night, you know, or something <laughs> like at the Laugh Factory, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? They're like, "You're not Latino." I was like, "No, I am." Reza. That's pretty cool. And they're like, "Reza's Persian." Pretty cool. That's pretty. And then cool. like, I have to get into a fight with Rudy Morano about it or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, Rudy. Yeah, Rudy, Rudy. Oh, that's glad, he, glad he's playing football. <laughs> <laughs> That was a football joke movie. But no, like, that's the point. That's what I'm saying. So I think people, so, I mean, I'm not Persian. That, that, that's just what I'm saying. Well, you know, it's... Uh, you, you're like Alan Lee. You're like Asian and, and, and Cuban, Cuban. Cuban, correct. Yeah, you my, are. Yeah, my so father, you get it, too. I get some of that. I get, I get a lot of it, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes people don't believe... That you're Asian. That's right. They say, say I'm completely Hispanic. Right. And uh, I, I've actually been to parties with you where yeah. people are like, you're not Asian, you're Hispanic. That's right. And then I'm always right. like, hey, have you seen his driving? <laughs> That's what I say. That's what you say. And then I say, well, have you seen Keith's driving? <laughs> <laughs> and he's not Asian. Uh, <laughs> we're in trouble, America. <laughs> But um, yeah, you know it is what it is. But you know this is uh, this is how we roll, man. You know the names in this country are really that alone is an amazing part of America. People's last names. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Alan, it's time to go. Well, you anything you, you want to plug for the folks? You got any big gigs coming up? With no, this you know I, I COVID nineteen. Uh, you know I have a, a lot of problems uh, getting big gigs, and so. Uh, uh, with the, this, you know, Corona has not helped me at all. And even the tiny places I go, and you know, you you were one of my fans. Uh, like for example, Tribal Cafe. I, you know, it's a restaurant, mm -hmm. and uh, the waitress just loves you. She does, because Alan and, says and, that and, he goes there, he sits yeah. down, and he's like, "Hey, honey, want to hear a joke?" And yeah, but like, I, yeah. you know, I t I tipped her generously because I've been I've been in the restaurant business, and uh, I will say this: uh -huh. the cl the bars. In San Diego, La Jolla, they have opened up. People are, it's unbelievable. My friend lives there. And I said, are you sure? They're sitting next to each other. People, and they're not even, no masks or nothing. I swear it's unbelievable. Uh -huh. So that means uh, we were talking about, I believe the clubs are going to open up much faster than they're I, saying. I, I hope you're right. I well, believe the clubs will open, but it will be only to a capacity. Technically, I should probably promote this. I do have one show lined up at the Irvine Improv. Yeah, on, well. On Tuesday, July 21st. Uh, tickets are at www.irvine.improv.com. Uh, they're 15 bucks. Uh, you could support me and come. Uh, however, with how things are going, uh, I don't know if they'll reschedule the show mm -hmm. or if they're just going to do... Because so in Arizona... They're only putting 25% capacity at the clubs. Really? Yeah. So wow. I don't know if, I mean, hopefully they Me, do because I want to, I miss stand up. But at the same time. When they sell the tickets and they, they, they yeah. know that that night, 25% of the room, those people are going to show up because they bought the tickets. Exactly. Well, say, this is just for Arizona. I don't know about what California no. is doing. Because I just know this because I was offered an Arizona gig. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, but say, hypothetically, right, the club fits 500 people. And they say we're only going to sell 25% tickets for social distancing rules to the state. So that would be, what, uh, 125, 100, 
A hundred people. A hundred tickets. And twenty-five. Okay. I said twenty-five percent. Okay, so yeah, hundred twenty-five would be oh, five. You're right. So one hundred twenty-five tickets, right? It's, it's still a good show. Yeah, but it'll still feel light compared to a five hundred show. Yeah, and that's a room that holds five hundred. So yeah. you, you imagine anything lower than that? Like take the rec room for example. Mm-hmm. If we come back instead, because we only have one hundred fifty seats, you know, we'll probably go to sixty. Yeah, yeah, uh, and. Uh, you, uh, for any comic though, you'll still kill at the rec room yeah, for sixty right. people because right. it's one of those rooms that yeah. fills. That's right. But at the same time, we all want to make more people laugh. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. Well, uh, Irvine can, Improv Tuesday, sure. July twenty first. If the show is going on, come out support it. Yeah, and they can find that on Razor Riffs, and they can find it on Facebook, and they can find you. Yeah, I'll they start can get promoting. that information. Yeah, I'll start promoting it. When I when I know it's for sure, it's all in the state. You know that's what I'm saying. I'm just waiting for Governor Newsom to say comedy can come back. And who knows? Uh, who knows? You might have you might have a guest uh, with uh, Mr. Evans. Uh, I mean, uh, our our wrestler friend there would come in and, and make a cameo. And make a cameo. Yeah. Oh my God! You'd be <laughs> like, I'm here to punch Keith. <laughs> uh-huh. But because uh, he you know he performed there, he might he might think back on it as as a, as a nice a nice night. And I, Know. I'm scared of that man, like 100%. Well, I'll tell you, when I, I looked up his career and I saw him, you had good reason to be. Uh, many wrestlers were terrified of him. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's listening, I still love you. Oh, don't get me wrong. And, and Biggest fan. Absolutely. Love you to death. And I do love him. Just I, I don't him. want to get killed. That's yes. all I'm saying. Because we, we followed wrestling at one time. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Hulk Hogan, Jake Roberts, yeah. my favorites. All right, guys, we got to head out. All Subscribe, right. Subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, follow Jeremiah Watkins and his podcast, Watkins Wonders. Book him on Cameo. Do it now. I promise you it will be the funniest thing you've ever had. And then while you're at it, book me at Cameo. www.cameo.com slash Keith Reza. Book me. I'm also on Celebrity Voicemail. www.celebrityvoicemail.com slash Keith Reza. Book me. I'll say whatever you want. Give you a shout-out. Subscribe, rate, and review. Buy my special. I would do that. Exactly, Alan. I love you, pal. Dittos. Dittos. Peace. Yeah. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash Keith And on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please. Send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.